Amen, church. It's wonderful to see you this morning. It's great to be in worship together today. Let's look at the Word of God together. It's James chapter 5 this morning. James chapter 5, beginning with verse 7. It says, Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until he receives the early and the late rains. You also, be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remained steadfast, who endured. You who have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. But above all, my brothers, do not swear, either by heaven or by earth or by any other oath. For let your yes be yes and your no be no, so that you may not fall under condemnation. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. May the Lord bless our hearts as we are sensitive and responsive to what the Spirit of God teaches us this morning. Well, church, it's good to be together. Let's take a look at James this morning. Uh, I think we only have this message and one more message uh, in this sermon series. It's been a blessing to me. I hope that it's been a blessing to you. But on occasion, it's also been a challenge to me, and I have a feeling that it's been a challenge to you. I don't know if you paid attention this morning uh, to the theme of the message, but it talked about being patient. And it said, be patient. And then it said, be patient. And then it said again, you should be patient. Now, I don't know whether you listen to that, you're like, well, I've got a problem with that. Or maybe you're like, well, I don't think that that's me. Well, let me help you out with that. Let's think about whether you have a problem with patience. And so this is what I want you to do. Is I, we're going to kind of go through this, and we're going to just try to do a little test here to see whether you have patience. And I'm going to list something, and, and, and if that's been true in your life, I, what I want you to do is I want you to tap your foot, Okay. So we're not going to make a big deal about it, but this is just between you and, and, and this is just you. So I need all eyes up here. Don't be looking at someone else's feet. All eyes up here. But I, but I need you to just tap your foot. Have, have you ever eaten dessert before the main course? Okay. I, 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 feel, I feel a tremor. Uh, that, that, that may have registered uh, on the uh, Richter scale uh, there. Have you ever sent an email and then checked your inbox 15 seconds later to see if anybody replied uh, to it. Uh, have you ever cut through a parking lot to skip an intersection, a traffic light, or a stop sign? You know, you're not supposed to do this. This is no judgment, but you're really not supposed to do that. Have you ever listened to a podcast at one and a half speed? Have you ever wished you could listen to a conversation? at one and a half uh, speed. Have you ever watched the movie instead of read the book? Have you ever, have you ever cheated in the 10 items or less line? That's a real division for our people, isn't it? Have you ever skipped the drive-through because there were four cars there and you said, that's gonna take forever at McDonald's, I'm not waiting that long. 
Have you ever made a grocery list during a church service? Sometimes we think, if something would be good later, wouldn't it be great right now? I mean, if it would be good down the road, if it would be good over there, I mean, that's nice. But it would be great if we could do it right now. Now, the truth is, I am not the most impatient person in the world. I was ranked 119th in the United States. Uh, so this passage of Scripture kind of, of kind of speaks to my life. And, and when we look at it, what it says is James says that we need to be patient, that we need to be patient, and that we need to be patient. And the reason why he says that is because there are some problems that come into our life when we are impatient. In fact, that's what I want us to see in the passage of Scripture this morning. I want us to take a look at this, and what I want you to see is that when we are impatient, we ignore the promise of God. When we are impatient, we ignore the promise of God. Again, taking a look at this, now I have underlined the word patient every time it shows up in the text. I almost had to get a second pen to do it because it just keeps popping up. In fact, the word patient shows up three times in the first 30 words. It's be patient, be patient, be patient, be patient. But here, when we take a look at this, it says be patient until the coming of the Lord. You see, there is this great promise that comes from God that says that He is not finished. He is not gone. He is coming back. And so that is two things. One, be patient for the coming of the Lord. And also be patient until the coming of the Lord. And so one of the questions is, do I still have to be patient? Well, has he come back yet? Well, no. Then yes, you have to be patient. Now, this is a really central doctrine of the Christian faith. You see, the Word of God is built on the fact that there was a time when they were looking forward for the Messiah to come. They did not fully understand that the Messiah was going to be God Himself. And so Jesus, who is God Himself, becomes flesh, and He dwells among us, and He does miracles. He calls disciples. He, he teaches. And He is the revelation of God. And then He sacrifices His own life. He's buried, and three days later, he is raised again. After 40 days, he is then ascended back into heaven. And as the disciples stand there with their mouths wide open, and what on earth happened? The angels say to the disciples, why do you stand there gazing into the sky? Because this same Jesus who left in this way is coming back in the same way. There is a reality that is core to our teaching of the Word of God, understanding of the plan of God, the work of God, that Jesus is coming back. And when we become people who are impatient, then we are ignoring the fact that Jesus is coming back. You see, when He comes back, He's going to finish what he started. You see, we live in this awkward time between when he has broken open the kingdom of God into this world, and it has started, but it has not been completed. The kingdom of God has not been given full reign over every part of this world. But when Jesus comes back, 
he will finish what he has started and he will have complete reign over everything inside of this world and all of the things that you look around and you scratch your head and say I don't know why things are messed up that way when he comes back those broken messed up things that still smell of sin and rebellion and all the consequences to sin and rebellion. Jesus will come and heal and complete and solve every single one of those things. And he will call and take us back so that we can be with him forever. And so sometimes we sit around and we look at our watch. Sometimes we sit around and say, why are things still the way they are? Why haven't things been fixed? Why haven't things been solved? That impatience, while understandable, and folks, I share in that. Uh, sometimes I just like to say that I'm tempatient. Uh, I understand the ache. When can we get to the, where we're supposed to be going? And the answer to that is that he has promised that he is coming back and he will finish what he has started and he will fix all of the broken places and he will take us to be where he is and every question will be answered, every problem will be solved, every illness will be healed and he will do it when he returns. It's the promise of God. Now, but he hasn't come back yet. Be patient. Be patient. That's, that, that's, that's part of what this assignment is. We ache. We hunger. We are frustrated and say, why isn't it fixed yet? Why hasn't he come back yet? Well, what he says to us directly is be patient. Be patient. Be patient. I want you to know that the things that ache our hearts are solved in the promise of God. It may not be today. It may be today. I don't know. But I know how it ends. Every once in a while, Susan and I will be watching TV and we'll start a new TV show. And, and, and I'll be honest with you, Susan can get a little anxious as we're watching the TV show. And she is really worried about the person on the screen. And, and, and I want to tell her, hey, they're actors. This, this, isn't, this isn't real. But the other thing that I want to tell her is, hey, this is episode one. There are ten seasons. The character's name is in the title. He's going to be Okay. We know how it ends. And one of the reasons why we can be patient because we know how it ends. Jesus' name is in the title. And he is going to be there all the way through the end. So whatever mess happens this afternoon, Jesus' name is in the title. And he is coming back. And so our impatience can ignore promises of God. I would also draw your attention that our impatience 
can ignore the pace of God. Our impatience can ignore the pace of God. Now this is hard, but do you remember what we talked about last week? We, we talked last week about plans. Hey, and we talked last week about the person that said, hey, I, I'm gonna, today or tomorrow, I'm going to go to such and such a place, I'm going to stay for a year, and I'm going to make some money. You remember that? And we kind of said, listen, there's danger about making those kinds of plans. And we talked about all the things that we don't have control over. And really the end of that was that we need to submit ourselves to God and that it changes everything he said. Instead of saying, today or tomorrow, I'm going to go such and such a place and I'm going to stay a year and I'm going to make some money. If we said, if the Lord wills, if this is what God wants, then this is what I'm going to do. And so what we talked about being submitted to God, to his plans. But I also think that it's not a mistake that these sentences come right after that. Because I think we also not only need to be submitted to his plans, but we need to be submitted to his pace. Like, why today or tomorrow? Why you only got a year to make a profit? Well, why why you got to do this in such a hurry? Why does this have to happen right now? You know that children are impatient? Anyone, I don't know if you remember that at all. You know, the famous, you know, are we there yet? Can I now? Can I now? Do you know why kids are impatient? It's very, very simple. Because they haven't lived as long as you have. They're impatient because they have not lived as long as you have. So what do we think about an eternal God? You see, we haven't lived as long as he has. And sometimes we are remarkably impatient because we are constantly thinking of the now and we have a God who invented time. In the beginning, when time began, he was there waiting. And when time comes to an end, his name is still in the title. And so we are in a hurry and we are in anxiety and we're like, we've got to see this happen. If this doesn't happen by such and such a time, then why, well, why the hurry? He, he talks about the illustration of the farmer. He, he says, consider the farmer who, who plants and, and, he, and, he, and he spreads the seed. And then he waits. Now, here's something you may not know about me. I'm not a farmer. But we lived in Eunice, and we were literally surrounded by farms in every single direction. And we had farmers in our church. And one of the things that we recognized was that farmers had busy seasons. They had the planting season. And that was a very busy season. They had to get that seed in the ground. They had to plant those crops. It was incredibly important. There was a window of time that they had to hit. This was the season that they had to go get those seeds in the field. There was a second season that was an incredibly busy season. And that was the harvest. And man, they raced against rain, and they, they worried about this. Because again, there was a season where they had to work like crazy to bring in that harvest. 
but in between. Now, they worked. They had to take care of stuff from the planting. They had to take care of things and get things ready for the harvest. They had to maintain some things. But in between, their biggest task was to wait. I'd be a horrible farmer. I'd plant the seed on Tuesday, and I'd fire up the tractor on Wednesday. Is it growing yet? Can you see it yet? Has anything happened yet? Uh, man, I, I hope this hurries up. I hope this happens soon. Patience. Patience. The farmer is going to work hard. But there are seasons that the hardest work that he's going to do is simply waiting for the seed to do its work. There is a pace of God. He, he tells us that we have to be patient. And it's hard. Isn't being patient hard? I don't mind being patient as long as it's only for a couple of minutes. I want you to notice that, I think it's verse 8, that he kind of slides something in here. He's been talking about patience and patience and patience. And he says, you know what's an example of patience and suffering? Like, whoa, 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 whoa. When did you throw in suffering? Well, when did suffering get added to this list? It was patience, 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 patience. But he just, in the middle there, he just slides in suffering. You know, sometimes patience and suffering aren't really that far apart. And he gives the example of the prophets of the Old Testament. He talks about their remaining steadfast. He talks about their endurance. Now, here's the truth. You have not endured until it gets hard. It's not endurance until it gets hard. How many of you like a nice steak? Anyone? Anyone? Now, if we were really, really fancy here this morning, I would have the sound of a steak sizzling. But more than that, I would have the smell of a steak wafting into the room. And we would just spend a moment just thinking about a great steak. Oh, just that perfect cut, and, and you take a bite. Oh, that was really good. You're not enduring. You're, you're, you're enjoying a steak. But have you ever been to one of those places that, that had the competition where if you eat the 72 ounces in the hour, then you get your picture on the wall, and it's free? I, I've never tried that, but I, I've seen people tell stories about it. And then it seems like, oh, this is a great idea. It's a great giant, I, I like steak, so why? what's wrong with 72 ounces of steak? If, if, you know, if 8 ounces is good, 72's got to be great. And so you take that, and so you're, you're working your way through it, and the first couple of bites, oh, that's so good. But i got to tell you, I think probably ounces 60 through 72 are a little bit of work. i got to tell you, Ounces 1 through 12 are not enduring. That is not remaining steadfast. But ounces 60 through 72, now you're beginning to understand enduring and hanging in when it's tough and staying at it when you want to quit. And you're beginning to understand patience. You see, God doesn't always work at our pace. He is an eternal God. 
He has a work that he is going to complete on his timetable and not just our timetable. Our impatience ignores the pace of God. I would also tell you that our impatience ignores our need to grow. Impatience ignores the fact that I need to grow through this time. We are not just killing time, but there are things that need to happen in my life. And that, that's part of what God's pace is, is that he is allowing some things to grow and develop in my life, and I'm supposed to be changed while I'm waiting. I kind of mentioned this a moment ago, but the farmer while he is waiting for the seed to do his work, man, he is not just sitting by the pool the whole time. There is some work to be done. Even though it's not time for the harvest, there is work to prepare. There are things to be done. Even while he waits, there's additional work to be done. I, I want to just draw your attention to a couple of things in the passage here. I, I want you to go back to verse 8, and it says, Establish your hearts. While you are waiting, you are called of God to establish your hearts. Now, what that means is it means that your heart, your belief, your soul, your passion is supposed to have roots. While you are waiting, your commitment is growing. So even though it may not be here in this moment, you are more deeply committed to it than you've ever been before. While you wait, your commitment grows. You see, if everything just showed up instantaneously, well, we wouldn't have faith. We would have stuff. You see, faith is the hope in things not seen. It is the hope in things that are still to come. It is the hope of things coming. And there is a growth that happens in your life that you are established in Him while you wait. We've talked about it before. But one of the things that none of us want for our life, one of the things that, one of us, that none of us want for the people around us is that we don't want our faith to be a flash in the pan. Boy, they're so excited about God. We haven't seen them in six months. What we want is established, committed, so that when the storms come, the wind and the rain blows, this person is established. That's part of what happens while we are being patient and waiting on the things of God. I also want you to see here in verse 9, that we, we learn to give grace to each other. It says, do not grumble against one another. All right, really, I don't want you to raise your hand on this. We should just blindfold each other in this moment. Does anybody have someone in their life that drives them crazy? This is where the circle gets a little tighter. Anybody go to church with one of those people? We have to learn to give grace. You know, so-and-so, I don't like their personality. I don't like what they said. I don't agree with what their strategy is. I don't like the way they carry themselves. 
I'm disappointed in some of the decisions that they've made. That they've really let me down. That they've messed up some things. And our human fleshly response to that is to grumble and to grumble and to grumble. Oh, what a disappointment that person is. But the calling of God in our life is to understand, listen, they are walking through some stuff just like you're walking through some stuff. And it's funny how we give ourselves a thousand excuses and the person sitting next to us zero excuses. Part of what happens while we wait is that I've got to learn how to give grace to the person next to me. I don't know their story. I don't know what they're working through. I don't know what's just happened inside of their life. I don't know that the struggle that they're working on. But I need to learn to not grumble against the people around me, not grumble against my brothers and sisters, and I need to extend grace even to the annoying people. I need to extend grace. It helps me grow that if I will receive the grace of God and the fact that He sees me and my brokenness and my messed up stuff and the places where I disappoint, the places that I fail, the places that I make the wrong decision, that if He will give grace to me, I'm supposed to carry at least a little part of that bucket of grace that He's given to me and I'm supposed to pour that over the relationships around me. It's part of the way that I keep growing while I'm waiting. And then... I would also say that while we're waiting, part of my growth is that I don't take shortcuts. That I don't take shortcuts. I will tell you that the last sentence in this passage is a little bit confusing to me, and I haven't fully figured all of it out. It says at the end of this, above all, don't swear. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. Now, I don't know how far back that above all goes. I'm still working on that. I'm trying to figure that out. Is that for the whole book? Is that for this section? Why is it that he says, above all? It, it may be that there had been some habits that were developing inside of those churches. And it's not so much that they were cussing. It, it was, I swear on a stack of Bibles. Or in their case, I, I swear on a stack of scrolls. I, I swear on this, and I swear on this, and I swear on this. And I make this oath. You know the reason why we do that? Is because we want to convince someone to change the timetable. Trust me when I haven't earned my trust. When you haven't earned my tr when I haven't earned your trust. Hurry up and do something. He says, "Listen. Just let your yes be yes. Your no be no. Don't try to take shortcuts and force things along." You just do what is right and let God take care of the rest of the timing. Just do what you're supposed to be doing. I'm supposed to keep growing. That's the reason why I need to have patience inside of my life today. So let's, let's think this morning how this applies to your life well I, I think there's a couple of applications for us to make one is maybe you need to just take a deep breath just be still for a moment 
Maybe the last words that anyone would describe about your life was patience. <laughs> Maybe they would go through an entire thesaurus before they ever came to the word patience for your life. You're in a hurry. Maybe you're in a hurry for things that are really good and really important. But you need to take a breath. It's not all holding on you. You just need to let some things go and be patient in this moment. So maybe what it is that you need to do this morning is to, is to stick at it. There's a place that, man, I'm ready to quit. I'm someplace between ounces 60 and 72. And I want to quit. I want to walk away. If you quit between 60 and 72, you got to pay for it. You got to stay with that. And maybe what you need to do is that you need to think the long term. Because maybe, maybe right now, maybe right now, you and I sound like four-year-olds on the back seat saying, are we there yet? Are we there yet? Are we there yet? And we just need to understand that there is just going to take a little bit more time. It's going to be better than we imagine, but it's going to be on his timetable, not ours. So what is it that God wants to do in your life today? Take a breath. Take the long view or endure. I have a feeling that he's going to speak to you and let you know exactly what it is. Let's pray together.